Hi, and welcome to Paul Rudy's 52 Minutes With. Today, I have the pleasure of spending 52 minutes with Mr. Sam Banks, who is currently the Executive Director of the Don Boyer Boys and Girls Club in Champaign, Illinois. Prior to joining the Boys and Girls Club, he served as President and CEO of Glenwood School for Boys and Girls in the Chicago area and the Cunningham Children's Home in Urbana, Illinois, providing leadership for two of the oldest and most notable child service organizations in the state. Mr. Banks has established an exemplary career of working with children and families and has received regional and national recognition for program development and administrative achievement. His work on behalf of the youth in the Champaign-Urbana community has impacted services to at-risk youth, scholarship funds to minority and low-income college students, mentoring services, outreach to minority youth, establishing the Urbana Rotary Martin Luther King Day Youth Program, and more. He is currently active with mentoring youth at Garden Hill Elementary School and with youth initiatives through the Champaign County Community Coalition. And for about two decades, he has also served as a Division I men's basketball official and has officiated in the Big Ten Missouri Valley and other conferences. He has worked with both the NCAA and NIT postseason tournaments. I'm really happy to welcome Mr. Sam Banks. Sam, welcome, and I just want to thank you for taking time to be out on my show. Uh, I think people are going to be really interested in your story. You're kind of sort of famous in Champaign-Urbana, uh, maybe in some ways that, you know, you won't, won't surprise you. I always think about you as a referee uh, running sure, up and down yeah. the court, and uh, so I'll be interested to talk about that, but I usually like to start out with people and talk about where they grew up, hmm. and if we can just go back in time. Where did little Sam Banks grow up uh, in siblings, things like that? But where did you grow up? Well, Paul, Paul thanks first for uh, just having me on the show. It's, uh, it's, it's great to be here. It's an honor to be here. And I don't know about the famous part. Uh, maybe people know me because they yelled at me during those basketball <laughs> games that you, that you, that you mentioned. But, but uh, it's nice that you asked me to be on. Uh, yeah, my, my uh, little Sam Banks goes back uh, – Back, I really grew up on the west side of Chicago. That's where where uh, I spent uh, my my years growing up. Was actually born in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, oh. uh, not too far from where Elvis's place was. My my uh, family was over over in that area, but my folks moved to Chicago when I was two years old, and so from two uh, from two years old to you know my my growing up years, I, I grew up on the west side of Chicago. So I'm an inner city kid. Uh, grew up in uh, uh, a not 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 very uh, well off home situation, but a very positive and loving home situation. Uh, my dad died when I when I was 13 years old, oh, wow. and uh, my, my uh, I had at the time my mom had four boys. I was I'm the oldest of four, oldest of uh, uh, at that time uh, uh, four boys and one girl. Yeah, I was wow. 13, and I think my little sister was like two or three years old and uh so for uh, a couple of years you know I was kind of uh pushed into the role of being the you know kind of like the the man in the family uh and along those lines but fortunately uh my mom met a wonderful uh man who I always say he must he he was a heck of a guy because he married married a, a woman with five kids <laughs> you know so yeah exactly he must have really been in love and he, uh, great stepdad, uh, he unfortunately passed away uh, when I was uh, not, you know, an adult, but he was a great uh, uh, father figure that stepped in and helped my mom raise us and uh, had two other uh, siblings, uh, steps, uh, my, my uh, uh, stepsister and, and stepbrother. In fact, my, my, uh, my one brother, uh, stepbrother, he, uh, he actually played football here at the U of I. Went to Mark Carmel High School. He was on the football team in the in the in the nineties, uh, I think it was, with uh, Simeon Rice and those guys who came down from Chicago, Simeon from uh, uh, Mount Carmel, and so he was on the team uh, during those years. So grew up there, you know. Uh, my folks worked very hard. I think one of the keys to, I think that's been a blessing in my life was uh, I was really shown uh, what hard work, what determination what uh, striving to be the best you can was all about by watching my dad up until he died. And, and then that extended family of my uncles, my mom, things like that. They just, I grew up in a family that in an environment like that. And that really set the course for my life. Uh, 
Go go back a little bit. You were 13 years old. You knew your father. Uh, You mentioned just kind of casually, sort of kind of had to become the man of the house. What do you remember? Like, what was that like? Yeah, well, you know, I think uh, the the biggest thing was, I think, the the, uh, impression that it made upon me to, to... look back at my 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 brothers at that time and sister and i and i kind of felt responsible for looking looking at that looking at looking after them and it was like almost just kind of like a feeling that came that that i had to take care of them you know i had to help my mom things like that so at that time only at 13 it's not like i was working for a living or anything like that but that meant around the house that meant you know, the kinds of things that, that my dad and mom would get on me about as far as, you know, you need to take care of this. You need, I found myself, you know, doing uh, those kinds of things with my, with my uh, brothers, uh, brothers and sister and, and just feeling more of a responsibility to, to be that positive example for them, do things the right way. And so it, 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 I think as much as anything else, it, it, it gave me that sense of responsibility uh, that, that probably I wouldn't have paid as much attention to until I got, until I actually did have to give a job or did have a family or things like things along those lines. And I'd say that was probably the biggest thing that hit me at the time. And tell me about how your, your siblings were younger. How did they handle, you know, the passing of your father at such a young age? Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was tough, tough on everyone uh, in the family. Uh, you know, uh, they, it was it was a struggle for a while. Uh, again, fortunately, uh, as I mentioned, we had a great extended family. We didn't we didn't have a lot, but we had a lot didn't have a lot in terms of uh, money or or uh, possessions and things like that. But we had a lot in terms of people around us who cared. And so I just remember my uncles, you know, being around. Uh, I remember, you know, after my dad died, uh, the night that he died, uh, and when family when family came over. Uh, my cousins and folks like that. It was it was like they people kind of came out of the woodwork just to show that we're we're here for you, you know. And just did having it, that feeling was was just just the comfort. Did the sheer numbers of people that kind of came out of the woodwork did that surprise you or? You know, it was uh, it, it it was and 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 uh, it was it was surprising from the standpoint of uh, just. Uh, a kind of a, a revelation that they were there, you know, and it was just something that I hadn't thought about before. Uh, but they were there with the encouragement, just being there and, and uh, things along those lines. Now, were mom and dad kind of the strict kind of parents? Were they? The, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were they were very, very strict. My mom, uh, my mom uh, is, is just four foot eleven. Okay. And uh, I used to always say, you know, we used to get back in the day, we we got what was called whoopings. Oh, yeah. You, know, oh, you, know, I, I, so, you don't you have know, to define those was, for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I would rather, Paul, I would rather get a whooping from my from my dad than my mom back in those days because she was about, she was four foot 11 and didn't think that she could hurt you. So, man, when she went to, when she went to, went to wailing on us, man, it was like, she, she, she wouldn't quit and she'd just be swinging with everything. Dad, you know, he'd be, he kind of, kind of ease up a little bit because he didn't want to hurt you. And my mom didn't think she could hurt you and she was just killing us every time. But that's funny you mentioned that because I have four brothers, so five boys in seven years. So we were pretty compact. And dad, you'd get the smack on the butt or smack in the face, you know, but it's usually one or two. You know, and mom, she figured she didn't want to hurt her hands, so she'd use the belt. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. You know, when there's when mom's standing at the door with a belt in her hand, it was like getting through the gauntlet just trying to get upstairs as fast as you. Anyway, so that just is kind of a flashback yeah, for me. Well, I know the feeling, but yeah. we had uh, we did have a, a, a pretty pretty strict uh, toe to line upbringing, which which again I think is another one of those things that shaped uh, shaped my life. My 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 folks work uh, worked very hard. Uh, and in those days, as it is today uh, in Chicago, uh, in the inner city, the schools, school systems uh, weren't really uh, doing what needs to, needed to be done in terms of education for, for kids in the inner city uh, across the board. And my folks worked hard actually to send us to Catholic school. Okay. Uh, and there was a Catholic school in our neighborhood. So I grew up uh, going to Catholic school, and uh, that was one of the things uh, that my mom in particular was really, that was the most important thing to her, was to see us uh, go to school, graduate. Uh, my, my mom uh, never went past the third grade. 
uh, because when they got big enough uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, you know, in the 1940s, uh, they went to work, went right. to work in the fields. Uh, and the most important thing for her was for us to get an education. Exactly. And she made that commitment to work and send us to a Catholic school to be the, get the best education that we could well, in the I think city. The, I think the Catholic school system has been one way out for people that are otherwise forced into school systems that aren't really doing the job either. Maybe they just can't simply do deal with all the challenges, but mm-hmm. um, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, what kind of a kid were you in school? Were you the athlete? Were you the the nerd? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Both. Yeah, yeah. I had probably a little bit of both. <laughs> I was, I was kind of, uh, kind of more of a, kind of a, 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 a both a, a good student, not the best student in the world, uh, and had a little bit of athleticism, not the most athleticism in the world. <laughs> so, uh, so I played sports as well as uh, school. Kind of an interesting, interesting thing in terms of uh, school wise. When I first, uh, when I graduated and went to went to high school. Uh, I I went to uh, school uh, at the time, and it was Catholic school, uh, and it was really pretty easy for me uh, uh, when I got there. I was the I was kind of like that. I was the number two person in my class uh, as a sophomore, and I spent the first two years there. And uh, I started asking myself, if I'm the number two person in the class and I'm not hardly doing anything, what am I really getting out of this? And uh, I, I, we played, uh, I was on the basketball team, played basketball and baseball in school. And we played St. Ignatius uh, College Prep High School in Chicago, which is one of the uh, top schools actually in the state. And uh, I heard a lot, had, had heard a, a little bit about St. Ignatius and everything. And uh, uh, got to know a, a fellow student over there uh, from playing uh summer uh, basketball and everything and I made up my mind uh, along with a buddy of mine that uh, the school that I was at uh, we needed to we didn't make a change if we were going to going to do something that was uh, that was a uh, kind of an interesting decision and a pivotal decision in my life from an education standpoint and exposure standpoint and fortunately uh, a gentleman had scholarships for black kids okay. in the city at that time and because I never would have, even as hard as my folks were, sure. we wouldn't have been able to afford to go to Ignatius. Uh, but we actually got, my buddy and I, uh, probably because of basketball a little bit, but also there was an effort to get more black kids okay. uh, in the school. Uh, he provided a scholarship for my friend and I to transfer to St. Ignatius, and that was, uh, that was another turning point in my life. And t- tell, me about, tell me about this. So, so your young black kids going into it was a predominantly white Catholic school. Yeah, to Saint Ignatius. I, I went from I went from a pretty much an all black black Catholic school to uh, to uh, pretty much predominantly uh, white uh, Catholic school. Both on the west side, uh, okay. by the way. Uh, but uh, but yeah. Went tell from tell me about totally that. different uh, culture. Um, so, what was it? Was it a, any type of a shock at all, or was it just? Felt accepted from day one. Were there was there any strife? Was there awkwardness? It was uh, a, a, a bit of an awkwardness. It took took a while for me to get used to. Uh, you know, a totally different environment, totally different group of people. People who didn't look like me. Mm-hmm. People who didn't talk like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we uh, at at the time helped each other really along the way in many in many okay. ways because we I did develop friendships. One of the, some some of some uh, some close friendships. Uh, and so it, it took a little while to to adjust, uh, but but we did, you know, because we worked and we had we had things in common. And one of the, one of the things that we had in common was, you know, the, the the it was all boys. It was an all boys school, but all the all the boys at that school, we we were there for a, a common reason, and that was an education, and that was uh, uh, looking to the future and things like that. Those kinds of uh, those kinds of uh, ideals were taught, uh, focused on, uh, and we we kind of rallied around that. Being a part of the teams was also a nice transition because sure. I went into a group of, you know, fifteen uh, to twenty, you know, uh, uh, ki- uh, other kids who were playing sports and things like that. So uh, there was that kind of ready accept accepting uh, of things, and it's and it, and it is kind of interesting because because that. Uh, that experience also took me, it gave me a chance, one, to go to a, a school like Ignatius, 
But as I met those people, Paul, I also got invited to out of my neighborhood to okay. other neighborhoods. And, you know, high school, you have parties. Of you course. Go, go, you go to other people's houses, things like that. And here I am, a, a black kid from the west side, uh, being invited to dinner at my uh, friend's house on the south side, Mayor Daly's neighborhood, okay. you know, over there, southwest yeah. side. And it was a totally different experience to, out, out of my area. I got on the bus. We, we rode the bus back in those days, the yeah. CTA uh, bus, not, not school bus. But we, we did that, and, and I, I had to learn a whole different bus line because I'd never been in, on that side of town okay. before, you know, in, in that area. Uh, but, get, but meeting their parents, having those kinds of experience, uh, going, meeting other, uh, other, other kids who, uh, you know, totally different environment situations. You learned a lot. You talked about a lot uh, and challenged each other a lot on things as well. Uh, but a very, a very uh, life-changing and eye-opening experience, I think, both for me as well as, the, you know, the kids who, uh, you know the the other kids. You know in that situation. How do you feel about kids that don't get that opportunity? Well, I think uh, you know it, it, it. I feel for them because those are the experiences that uh, that open our eyes to that that there's a world outside of what I just experienced. Uh, those are the experiences that gives us a chance to not just uh, see stereotypes that may be on right. TV or. Or things that are told to us uh, that those are experiences that give give us a chance to live, you know, experiences and and see the realities of who someone else is and and they see who you are. So I think it was it those experiences really help to form, uh, you know, form people's beliefs for uh, belief in things outside of them as well as belief in things that are inside of them, what they can do, you know who they are, how they can connect. So I think it's very, very valuable. You know, one of the things about being on the West Side, it's like the going from from uh, the, the school I was at to Ignatius. Opened up a whole new, whole new world for me that I didn't really realize that was out there. Uh, and that's what those experiences do is just open up a whole new world. Did it cause any uh, problems with, with kids that didn't have those opportunities? Did they resent you? It was, yeah, you know, you certainly have uh, some resentment uh, in, you know, that 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 you that that you might have when we transferred from the school we were at. We got a little got a little blowback, uh, you know, from the the guys who were were uh, you know back back at my old school, going back to the neighborhood sometimes, things like that. Uh, you know, but some some even got uh, you know would call you a couple of names. You're you're trying to be better than us and. And uh, you know some things like that, and and in in kind of harsher terms sometimes. So there was a little bit of that, but you know you fight through those kinds of things, you work through those kinds of things, and and uh, you know that's and you and you learn. That's great. Well, we'll pick up from there. We're going to take a break for Paul Rudy's fifty-two minutes with today. I have fifty-two minutes with Mr. Sam Banks. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Well, welcome back to Paul Rudy's 52 Minutes with. Today I have the pleasure of spending 52 minutes with Mr. Sam Banks, who is currently the executive director of the Don Moyers Boys and Girls Club in Champaign, Illinois. We've been talking about, uh, Sam, your childhood. Grew up in the west side of Chicago. Um, feel fortunate to have some options that a lot of children didn't have. You were, go to a Catholic school, predominantly uh, mostly black children. Uh, there's a turning point where you go to St. Ignatius. Once again, there's a whole new, another whole new universe uh, you weren't aware of. Um, once you got through that period in your life, uh, where did you go from there? Well, from, uh, from high school, uh, you know, college was always something that was uh, drilled in me. Uh, uh, as I shared, I had a mother who was uh, always education is it. Uh, and, you know, proud to proud to uh, say that I, I uh, she kept me on the straight and narrow to the point that I, I, I was the first uh, person in my family to actually graduate from, from college uh, and actually the first person to go to college in, wow. in, in my family so uh, which was you know an awesome awesome uh, one responsibility at the time but uh, also again I think uh, feeding into the experience that of losing my dad and kind of having to kind of be the example yeah. and set you know kind of 
uh, you know, be be in, in that position with my my younger siblings. Uh, I wanted to kind of keep that up. And, so was there a pressure so, that you felt that, you know, look, I need to go to college because I, I know mom wants all the others to go to college as well. So mm-hmm. lead by example and a little bit of a pressure. Yeah, a little, a little bit of that, a little bit of that on the show, on, on my shoulders, as well as from, you know, again, my my extended family even. Uh, and and not, not, you know, uh, you know, negative pressure in the sense of uh, you better do this, but pressure from the standpoint of we're cheering you on you know we want you you know we're we're behind you and things like that and as people when people are behind you uh you know you want to keep going for them as much as yourself so so where did you head off to yeah headed off to uh quincy quincy university uh now quincy college at the time Uh, how did you choose that you know, you it was one there? of those situations where uh, one of my buddies and myself, uh, we w- went to a couple of different uh, uh, visits uh, to college uh, and went to Quincy, uh, enjoyed the visit and everything. They were very welcoming and uh, they were very supportive in terms of uh, uh, support, in terms of uh, scholarship monies to, to come. So uh, basically had an opportunity to go there and uh, without my my parents uh, having uh, uh, at the time my mom and stepdad having to pay anything, so that that kind of helped quite a bit. <laughs> so, sure, I bet it did. Yeah. And uh, what did you did you know what you wanted to do in college? What, which field you were going to go into? Yeah, you know, I've always uh, I went, when I initially went to college. I what I uh, signed up as a business major, uh, and that was the direction that I had in mind wanted to get out make a bunch of money you know do all those kinds of things had that had that in mind where'd that uh, come from you know it's it's kind of interesting it, it came from uh, I mentioned the uh, that uh, gentleman uh, who supported my friend my friend and I at St. Ignatius and uh, uh, paid for our tuition and fees there uh, with the scholarship he was uh, we got to know him got to know his family and he was uh, an advertising agent in okay. Chicago. Uh, and uh, it was a great experience just getting to know him. Again, another one of those experience. experience. It yeah. was a, it's an opportunity for me to meet someone who was in the business world. You know, my dad, uh, uh, before he died, he was a bricklayer. You know? Okay. Uh, hands, hands-on person, yeah. things like that. My uncles, folks that all I knew, all all uh, laborers and, and things like that, which is very positive, a lot of respect for that. But n- I never had a chance to be around someone who was in business, you of know, course. or yeah. was a lawyer or anything. Those right. and uh, that that experience uh, again was another eye opener where I actually got a chance to see, hey, boy, that's a pretty neat uh, neat uh, you know profession to be in, neat job to have. There are other things that were out there uh, before, besides what I had only seen at the time, and so. I think out of uh, seeing that experience, getting getting to know uh, Mr. Kaplan and and everything that uh, he did, also seeing you know the success and what that sure. brought his level of, of success and what that brought him, I said I want I want to do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I get that. Yeah, but the experience and this kind of goes into Paul, my uh, another life kind of life changing moment. They're they're kind of uh, you know uh, roads that you run into that you go down and the experiences that. Uh, seemed to have, uh, you know, impacted my life. But um, in my sophomore year, uh, I volunteered to be a big brother in the Big Brother Big Sister program okay. in Quincy. And I got a kid who was 10 years old at the time. He was biracial, never knew his, never knew his dad. Okay. It was one of those kind of, one of those situations. Uh, had a single mom. His mom was white. Uh, Kid was struggling in school, struggling with identity, things like that. And they said, hey, we'd like for you. I think I was, uh, I may have been, it was you know, co- college students signing up and everything like that. I may have been the only uh, black kid, black student signing up for the program. Uh, but they assigned me to my little brother. Uh, and that was a life-changing experience for me, Paul, uh, because I got a chance. Did you know it then? I, I didn't know it then. No, not at the time. Uh, but it, it took about, took about a year, but I got to know my little brother, Lance. We're still, we're still brothers today, as a matter of fact. Uh, but, uh, got to know him, got to, uh, meet, uh, and, and work with him, uh, in our relationship, understand his story, talk with him about his struggles, where he was, you know, as a kid being, 
uh, the the kind of issues he was dealing with at school, you know, do you, and do things you think, like that. Do you think you if he's if he was talking about this, is, would that would he? Do you think say that was a turning point in his life? I think it was. Yeah, I think he, he's it, it certainly would be certainly would be. Uh, and and uh, it was such a turning point in my life that after about a year of of uh, you know seeing the impact that I had on on his life. Uh, I decided that I wanted to work with kids and and not be a business <laughs> major anymore. And I saw so I explored some avenues of what what can I do in this arena and working with kids. Uh, I decided to change my major. Uh, was was to, it that you could you could see that impact so clearly? Money is something we can't really see clearly. We all have a vision of it, but we certainly know when we have an impact. Uh-huh. And we're exactly. that spark in that life yeah. uh, that I, makes that change. Yeah, I think that that was exactly it. You know, I could I could see it so clearly. I could feel it. You know, I, I the the feedback that I got from him, the the smiles that I saw on his face. You know, just from us hanging out, and right. Talking and things like that. That that just really got me going. So where did that lead you from there after that experience? Okay, so you've, you've completed that, or you're, mm-hmm. maybe you've never completed that. Yeah, you know, you said you're still <laughs> a brother to, to Lance. Um, but w- what did that lead to? What was next? Yeah, well, what, what, what it led to was me exploring what I really wanted to do. Uh, and I really wanted to, uh, wanted to help uh, a lot of Lance's. Okay. Uh, you know, just that that experience with him let let me see how uh, one positive adult in a kid's life could make a huge difference in many lives. Uh, in, in in many lives, exactly, exactly. And and so it it motivated me to seek. You know, what avenue could I could I use to to uh, you know get involved with more lives and. And things like that. So I went went to uh, the direction of working with kids and the kind of study in uh, in school that would lead me in that direction. So there did you change? A, did you sort of change majors, or I, did you just pick I, up additional classes? Oh, I, ch- I changed majors. I act, at the time uh, at, at there I, I changed changed my uh, major to uh, sociology okay. and social work. There was an organization. Uh, my first uh, uh, time of being able to work with a with a children's home. Uh, an organization called Chaddock School uh, in in Quincy, uh, and I volunteered to be there as a uh, kind of like a, a social worker uh, type uh, position, uh, and actually did wound up doing an internship there, where it kind of gave me uh, exposure. Uh, Chaddock is very similar to Cunningham Children's Home, okay. where I was for many years, uh, similar type operation. And that kind of gave me a chance to see an organization that worked with kids, you know, and that took me from an individual who was working with a kid to an organization that worked with many kids and what that was like. Uh, And that really that really took me down the road of this is what I want to do. Okay, and how long were you there? I was at at at, uh, actually finished uh, finished my undergraduate work, uh, went back to Chicago, and received my master's degree uh, in social work, University of Illinois Chicago, and came back uh, to uh, Cunningham, and was the program director there for uh, about six years. Can you familiarize people a little bit? I've lived in this town almost my whole life. I think I sort of know what Cunningham's home does, uh, but just kind of a brief, sure, uh, what, yeah. what type of children go there, yeah. um, how are they helped? Yeah, Cunning, well, Cunningham Children's Home today is a multifaceted organization, uh, and uh, working with kids all the way from uh, kids who need a place, who need to be taken out of, a, of an abusive uh, home situation. Uh, and they need a safe place to live permanently or until uh, until they can find a better place. Uh, and Cunningham is, is there uh, to provide that residential uh, treatment and care uh, for kids who need a place to live. They also, uh, from a, a multifaceted stamp- standpoint, also work with kids in foster care. Uh, so they, may, they work with finding homes uh, for kids. They work with kids in the community who may be experiencing uh, issues uh, uh, where, to the point where they need counseling, treatment, uh, care, uh, and uh, from a one-on-one standpoint, uh, that kind of uh, uh, clinical care and treatment. Uh, and, they, and they also do uh, work with uh, special education 
uh, school uh, situations where kids in the community can come uh, who need uh, uh, help uh, because of emotional issues, okay. uh, other things that are preventing them from being successful in the classroom. Okay. So, uh, How long were you there? I was at Cunningham for 26 years and was wow. the CEO for 20 of those. Wow. What mm -hmm. big job and responsible job. Is there ever a time in the type line of work that you do where you come home depressed or sad? Yeah, you know, I, I would say there have been times where, where I have come home sad uh, because of situations that, that you, know, you, you see and that you, that you know of. You've been impacted by something that's happened to a kid and uh it you just it makes you makes you just feel like how can people be like that how do you deal uh, with that uh for me yeah. prayer uh okay. is one way that i've dealt with it uh having a having uh you know a focus on faith uh has gotten me through a lot of things okay. uh and you know the situations over the years of that kids have come out of that you know i've been charged to deal with uh, that's one of those where, you know, knowing that, uh, knowing that there is hope, uh, is, helps you, helps you, uh, get through that. Uh, and as well as having a, a wonderful wife and family to go back, go, go home to and spend, I think, uh, also having, it's been really important for me to have, uh, have the kind of outside activities that just kind of get you away. I've often said from a basketball officiating standpoint, you know, after spending, you know, 20 years in Division One basketball uh, officiating, I loved officiating because in, in doing my work with kids and families and things like that, I need to listen, I need to have empathy, I need to care, I need to be there to respond to their needs. Right. As a basketball official, I didn't care about any of that. Right. <laughs> you know, I, what I had to do, Paul, out there was take control of the game, call it the way I saw it, and didn't, I couldn't care how those coaches or fans and folks like that feel. So it, it kind of gave me a chance to do something totally opposite to, from what I, what I had to do from a, from a profession standpoint. Oh, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Why did you leave uh, Cunningham? But, you know, yeah. was, it, was it just you've been there long enough and you just wanted to see if you can help in a different way somewhere else? Yeah. You know, one of the things, uh, yeah, had, had been there uh, and, and saw the organization grow tremendously uh, over the years that I was there. Uh, and, you know, we, uh, the expansion that we did in terms of the campus itself, the programs that we brought on, uh, moving from pretty much a, a residential campus to doing the, some of the uh, education focus, special education focus, foster care focus, uh, those kinds of things that were developed over the years. Uh, we had over 200 employees uh, when I left and a budget that went from about a little over a million dollars when I first started to about 13 million when I left. So a lot of good things uh, had taken place there. And uh, when I had the, had a call about the uh, uh, job at Glenwood School for Boys and Girls, mm -hmm. uh, kind of took me back to my Chicago roots, Paul, actually. You know, uh, I, having an opportunity to go home and work with those uh, kids who came from where I came from, right. uh, that was that. I was at a point where that was appealing to me. I could see that. And uh, so uh, going to uh, Glenwood gave me an opportunity to do that. Uh, Glenwood is, uh, you know, Cunningham was uh, one of the uh, oldest and most reputable uh, organizations in the state, over 100 years old. And I went to Glenwood, and Glenwood was like uh, 135 years old. Oh, wow. It's actually older than Cunningham. Wow. <laughs> so so I've had, the, had really the blessing of being uh, a part of two really historical organizations uh judge cunningham and uh you know being involved uh, with the start of cunning of uh cunningham children's home uh and being connected there uh and actually abraham lincoln's son uh was one of the was also involved with uh with glenwood school oh, no uh, in in its early startup uh and days so uh, it's been been really uh, a wonder. I've been blessed being able to be a part of two such great organizations. And now at the uh, Boys and Girls Club here, uh, a 50-year-old organization, another, uh, again, uh, organization that impacts uh, lives uh, across the community, young lives across the community in a tremendous way. 
uh, it's been a, a great opportunity to be a part of three really great organizations. So do you, do you now consider this like coming back home when you came back from Chicago? It, or is it kind of the sister home, so to speak? Yeah, well, it's kind of coming back home now. I've spent more years in uh, in, in Champaign, actually, than I did uh, uh, in Chicago, even when I left uh, for left for uh, for Glenwood. Uh, but uh, we we had kind of hoped on a personal personal level ho- had hoped that uh, my wife Maureen would be able to transition uh, from her work uh, and position here at the University of Illinois to the University of Illinois Chicago. And unfortunately, uh, we when I left in 2008, that was right at the start. Oh, yeah. you, you would know as much oh, yeah. as well as anyone oh, of yes, the recession <laughs> <laughs> time. Oh, well. And there was little to no movement for her to be able to move there and stay within the you know retirement uh, uh, system and, and other uh, things that she had earned. So after about five years of being apart, uh, coming back and forth, things like that, uh, it was really, again, I think, uh, you know, uh, kind of, kind of a, a God thing, uh, where I got a call about, uh, down about the Boys and Girls Club situation here. And, uh, so that's how it happened. That's they how re- it happened. They reached yeah. out to you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, how long was, did it take you to make that decision? It took a little thinking because it was tough leaving, leaving Glenwood. Uh, but, you Tough know, leaving in what way? Financially, spiritually, uh, uh, great just gig. From from the standpoint of a still uh, feeling like uh, you, you had some work to do in terms of okay. the, the program there, the kids there had gotten certainly made made uh, relationships with the kids and staff, and and uh, we were building some uh, some quality, uh, doing some quality things with respect to that organization, uh, programmatically and all and. Uh, anytime you have something like that, it's it, it's tough to leave. You, you you think twice about it. Okay, we'll get back to that and a little more about Don Moyers Boys Club. I'm here with Mr. Sam Banks, uh, Executive Director of the Don Moyers Boys and Girls Club in Champaign, Urbana, Illinois. I'm Paul Rudy with 52 Minutes with Sam Banks. Well, welcome back to Paul Rudy's 52 Minutes with. Today, I have the pleasure of spending 52 minutes with Mr. Sam Banks. Now take me to your current position as the executive director of the Don Moyers Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. in Champaign-Urbana. Just kind of a few minutes I'd like to get, let people who aren't familiar with it, I think everybody recognizes the name, but kind of the blocking and tackling, yeah. what's the mission, what yeah. gets accomplished, how it's funded, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the Boys and Girls Club is a special mission, and, and I, 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 I like, like to say, Paul, you know, at Cunningham, uh, where, uh, a place where kids really uh, brought issues uh, at the highest level because of the trauma, the the abuse, neglect sometimes that they had had encountered. When I was when I was there, I used to always say, "Boy, I wish we could have got that kid when when they were when they were eight, or we could have got got involved in their life when they were six or seven, because by the time they got to Cunningham, they were." 14, 15, 16 years old, and the damage had gotten so much where it was really tough. Good work, and a lot of lives turned around, but boy, how hard it was. And the mission at the Boys and Girls Club allows allows us to do that. You know, the mission of the club is about getting involved in those kids' lives, uh, you know, at that elementary level, being there for them for after school, academic support, emotional support positive activities, structured activities with adults who uh, mentors and uh, adults who care about them and working with them to what we say enable them uh, to become uh, positive, productive, caring citizens. And so that's what all of our programs at the that our programs and services at the club are all, are all about is providing, providing an environment for kids to grow, learn and uh, learn learn uh be involved in positive activities that are going to help them be a success what this ballpark number of children you think on a yearly basis yeah. come in and out of there yeah. well last year uh we had over 1500 kids uh, okay. come through our doors uh with the after school program uh we generally work with about 200 kids a day at our park street facility uh we recently opened up for, uh programs after school programs in rantoul and we work with about uh, about 125, 30 kids a day uh, with the after school between the two school sites that we have. In the summer, we'll work with uh, over 200 kids a day with the summer all-day summer program services uh, that are provided by the club. 
And then we have our drop-in times for kids, uh, you know, on the, for the evenings and afternoons, particularly our teens who come in for special activities and sports activities and things along those lines. And how is it funded typically? A variety of ways? Yeah, variety of ways. We do receive some program grants through the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. We're associated with the BGCA, uh, a national organization, and that's helpful. We receive some uh, local uh, funding from uh, City of Champaign, Urbana, Mental Health Board, some of those kinds of things, uh, those kinds of areas, program grants. Uh, United Way is a very, very uh, uh, big partner with us, and we appreciate them, the Community Foundation. Uh, but largely about 70% of, of the funding from the club uh, comes from individuals, comes from businesses in the community who care about the kids and care about what, what we do. Uh, so fundraising is a big part of, uh, of our operations and, and a big part of getting things done. Okay. Uh, that's wonderful, and I uh, can't think of a better person to be uh, heading that up, at, you know, at this time. Now, let's, I'd be remiss, and Ed Bond, who's sitting here producing this for us, of course, he wants to hear about basketball. Oh, <laughs> well, he's uh, seen a lot of basketball. Tell us about that journey. How did that start? Uh, well, well, you know, that actually goes back, my officiating uh, uh, goes back to college, uh, in fact, and and uh, I started uh, uh, looking for a way to make a little extra money. And uh, I was always, I, I, I mentioned I, I was an athlete, but I wasn't the best of athletes. So I was kind of in and out. I did, didn't, didn't get a lot of minutes. You know, I sure. usually, I was on the team and everything like that. Uh, but I was, uh, I was a, a, a 30, uh, 30 guy. I usually got in the game when there was either, we were either 30 points ahead <laughs> or 30 seconds left <laughs> in the game. One of those guys. You know, I played a little bit more than that, but not much. But uh but it also gave me a chance to watch the officials. And I, I kind of got, you know, learned early that those guys got paid for refereeing the games and they got a chance to be around the sport. So in college, long story short, I started uh, refereeing intramural games and things like that. Uh, and the folks and YMCA, you know, little kids, mm -hmm. the folks said, you know, you do a pretty good job. You ought to do your high school, do high school. So started moving my way up the high school ranks and things like that and, and uh, enjoyed it, you know. Uh, I think my my uh, counseling background and things like that that I eventually got into really kind of helped me because a lot of a lot of dealing with coaches, a lot of dealing with the atmosphere around is really understanding how people are feeling and then trying to deal with that in the in a productive way. Uh, and uh, so I, I use some of those skills in dealing with coaches, which I think helped me over the years. But uh, that's kind of how I got started and, and to my move to the Division One level as I moved up. Uh, through high school, uh, started with going to uh, they they had actually officiating camps, and Ed's familiar with this. Like in the summer, the University of Illinois will have a, a basketball camp, and they'll invite some of the better players in the state to be involved with that. Where some of the supervisors of the of the uh, conferences, Big Ten, Missouri Valley, uh, Big Twelve, Big Eight at the time when I first started, they actually began holding camps where they invited officials to come. And referee those games, you know, for the for the camps, and they would observe you. And if they thought that you know you had a little promise, they'd even they start working with you to be on their staffs. And that's how that's actually I went to a couple of camps. I went to Captain St. Louis, the one that got me got me noticed, and uh, and it was a, the Missouri Valley basketball camp, and that that was the first conference that I got into. They. They asked me. Uh, I rated very high, you know. With the you, there, there'd be what sixty officials got there or something from all over the Midwest, and I was in the top group and was asked to join the, the Missouri Valley staff, and then things went from there. Is that based on um, how well you make the calls or how few you blow? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's somewhat objective. Yeah, it's somewhat objective. Uh, somewhat objective. Yeah, uh, but person, uh, do you think they also recognize the personality side of it and the temperament? They do because they get a, they get a chance to know you. There's their classroom sessions, and at that time, uh, actually, uh, uh, people who are on the staff of the Big Ten, the Missouri Valley, they were the instructors. So when I first went to when I, in St. Louis, Eddie Hightower was there, Ted Hillary, okay. you know, Sam Licklider, you know, some of those the, the guys back in the day, you know, that I was watching on TV, sure. you know, they were actually your instructors, and they, they those were the guys who rated you, and they took they took your ratings and they discussed you behind closed doors uh, with the supervisor of officials, and they say, hey, here here are the ten guys from 
you know, the 60 or 70 who are here who we think are, you know, ready to, to go. And at that time, you know, the way they break you in at that level is your work, you know, first year, maybe 10, 15 games. And if you kind of make it, you kind of keep going from there. Uh, and fortunately, I was able to also work in the uh, – started in the Missouri Valley, but over, over the years worked in the, the Big Ten uh, – uh, the Big Eight Conference, uh, Midwestern Collegiate Conference, the MAC, uh, about four or five conferences made through, throughout the Midwest. And uh, is there, was there a time where you felt just so comfortable with it you didn't even have to think about it? How long does that take? Uh, yeah, that, that takes a while. <laughs> uh, it, it takes you. You're, you know, in that environment, when at that level, that's the hot one, uh, you know, from, from a college standpoint. Uh, next to the NBA, and I never really wanted to be an NBA official just because that th- those guys are full time, and you know that's really your your profession. Do you have uh, the most memorable game? Most memorable game, because uh, pr- probably uh, my most memorable game was uh, uh, probably uh, I would say DePaul and Georgetown back in the day when Matumbo and those guys oh, wow. were there and. Had a chance. That was uh, back when DePaul had the good teams as well, and uh, that was an annual classic between those two schools. Uh, were you ever felt? Uh, were you ever anywhere we felt threatened? No, not on the college level. On the high school level, yes, <laughs> but on the college level, uh, they they really treat you. It's a whole different whole different thing uh, on on the college level in terms of. Uh, the environment they create, but uh, in some of those high school gyms in, in Chicago back in because I, I refereed in the Catholic League, public league in Chicago uh, when I started started moving up on the high school level, uh, it could get pretty testy in those gyms. And this is kind of a family affair at this point. Your son Brian now has uh, entered the the fray of a big time uh, referee. Absolutely. And so tell me about that. And well, how how did that happen? Well, Brian's a lot smarter than I am. That's for sure. Well, all our kids and, are smarter. Uh, yeah, we are <laughs> that's what we're hoping for. Well, I told when he started getting inter- interested in officiating, uh, and of course he he was a high school football player. Uh, and so I he, remember yeah, he he uh, he he was a football guy and and had an affinity for that. I I never played, never went to a high school, never went to a school with with football, so didn't have a real big affin- affinity for football. I wish I had now, but uh, Brian, uh, I told him hey, go to football route, you know, as far as that goes, and and he did, and he well. Uh, uh, He's done extremely well. Extremely Pretty well. rapidly. He's, uh, and very rapidly, yeah. He's, he's in the, been in, on the Big Ten staff, I think, maybe five or six years now. Uh, and well, he, what do you think catapulted him so quickly? Well, I think, one, he, he, he is. He's the, he has the kind of personality uh, and take charge uh, attitude, uh, being, willing, being willing. And I think this is one of the biggest things in officiating is if you're willing to make the tough call and maybe unpopular uh, uh, decision and uh, see it through and make and, and, and be able to turn around and then do it again after everybody's yelling at you and screaming. Uh, that's a good sign that you're probably going to be a decent official. Hey, and, I was an official. I didn't know it. I was just a dad. I had to make those calls. I had to stick with them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that's how do you true. feel about him doing that? Here? Does that make you excited and, is it fun to watch your it son? It is. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch how how he's uh, progressed and uh, again progressed so quickly. He's he actually got a call uh, uh, a few months back where he's on the NFL uh, development uh, officials development list, where uh, which means that you know in the next uh, next three four years, if things keep going in the way they 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 have for him on. Uh, on the college level, he he'll have a chance to work work on Sundays, as we say. How does is Maureen excited about that, or does she ever get mad if he gets yelled at? <laughs> come down yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, that's a funny story there. I used to used to have to tell tell Maureen early because uh, in the early days uh, uh, she would actually go to games with me. And I remember when Brian, in fact, was born, he uh, he was. Uh, with Maureen on a couple of games, and I had to tell her that you know she has to stop reacting to the fans because she should not tell them that uh, she's related to the official because you never know what direction that's going to take, <laughs> even with a baby in your hands. <laughs> no, no grandchildren yet. Uh, yes, three. Oh, three. Three grandkids. Brian, Brian has uh, two. Uh, we have uh, Emery, who's uh, four years old, and Genevieve, who's 
just a little under one. She's about 11 months. And then we also have a 10-month-old grandson, our daughter, Brittany. Your daughter, okay. Yeah. Uh, we have a daughter, Brittany, who's she's in marketing. She went to Missouri. And, uh, Where does she live? Journalism. From? She's here in, here in uh, oh. Champaign, lives in Urbana, actually, works for Carl. Uh, she's in the marketing department at Carl. And our youngest daughter, uh, Danielle, uh, is in, uh, she's in L.A. She's in the entertainment uh, business and actress and uh, writer uh, and uh, doing well out there. I'm kind of jealous. You don't, you don't have any kids that are losers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I do either. But no, I, I think none of them are out in pretty. L.A. or, or <laughs> referees or, or, or doing really well at Carl. I think that's great. Um, you're a spiritual guy. It's, uh, you mentioned it throughout your uh, today, our discussion today, uh, a lot of turning points. I, I got the sense that you feel that there's this divine intervention. Maybe those are my words. Maybe, maybe, maybe those aren't mm. your words. Uh, so I got to ask you, so you get to the pearly gates. What do you, what would you like to hear from God? <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I just wondered what, what it is you'd like to hear? Well, if I, if I get to the, uh, when, when I get to the pearly, pearly gates, uh, just, being at the pearly gates will be a good sign put put it that way as opposed to the other gate that might be be there but uh i i would say you know as it's as simple as you know a job well done so uh how do you think your three children would uh, describe you uh i i hope they would describe me as uh fair uh i think they would describe me as a little tough you know we were one of those families where uh, other families in the, in the in the neighborhoods or their friends they and they told us this later they uh, their parents would always ask well what's what's Mr. and Mrs. Banks allowing their kid to do you yeah. know it will they kind what of a, use that as a joke so so uh, so I think we were we were kind of a little bit on the tough side but fair but uh, and also loving because I think all my kids know that they're loved by both uh, Maureen and I. And my guess is you and Maureen both kind of rode in the same direction. Yes, we, we, we did. There was no negotiating yep. between the mom or dad. There was a lot of trying, a well, lot yeah. of trying. Children being children. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we were able to stave that off pretty well. <laughs> and how do you think your best friend would describe you? Oh, my best friend would probably describe me as uh, crazy <laughs> in some ways. Uh, but, uh, loyal, I think, uh, my best buddy going, going back to my St. Ignatius days. In fact, he, he wound up going, we wound up going to Quincy together. Uh, I was a black kid from the West side of Chicago. He was a Chinese kid from, uh, from Chinatown in Chicago. <laughs> and we wound up going to Quincy and kind of, uh, turning the place upside down, uh, uh, with a little bit of, uh, diversity and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, fun. I think uh, loyal, those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, what a great story. I think people are going to love it when they hear this story. I know Ed Bond, we were talking earlier, you, you've already decided you love the story. Mm -hmm. I've been uh, spending 52 minutes with Mr. Sam Banks, Executive Director of Don Moyer's Boys and Girls Club in Champaign-Urbana. What a wonderful story. What a wonderful day uh, and time it was to spend with you, Sam. So we may have to do this again. I think there's another version here. We can, There's probably more we left out. But uh, until next time, thanks for listening to Paul Rudy's 52 Minutes with Mr. Sam Banks.